Thank you for listening to this podcast from Monclova Road Baptist Church. For more information about this message and the ministries of Monclova Road Baptist Church, please visit monclovabaptist.org. Psalm uh, 28, verse 7. And I just want to begin with that one verse uh, tonight, just highlighted here, because this is a verse I've, I've obviously read it in the Bible, you know, but I never knew I read it. Yeah, you know about that? You ever, you ever experienced that? Okay. You read scripture, but, you know, some of it kind of, you know, you notice it and, and, and it means something and some of it, you know, doesn't quite hit you the same way. Well, this is one of those verses. But this is the verse God gave me. And maybe tonight, if you're going through a difficulty, this can uh, help you. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. So number one, God is our Lord and God is our shield. Number two, my heart trusteth in him. My heart uh, trusted uh, in him. You know, faith begins where human understanding ends. When you talk about trusting the Lord, Faith begins where human understanding ends. When you talk about trusting God, you got to realize trust starts where you don't understand. Because, you know, when you understand something, it doesn't take any trust. It doesn't take any trust at all. It's when you come to a point in your life and you say, Lord, you know, why in the world would you allow this to happen? I mean, I mean, that's where faith begins. And, and we've got to trust uh, the Lord. And then I love this part. I am helped. God has helped uh, me. God has helped uh, my family. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. Lord, thank you for this powerful passage of scripture. Lord, I pray that you'd use it to bring hope to us tonight. Lord, we realize that people are here tonight, and and Lord, you told us we'd only have a few days without trouble. And uh, Lord, uh, most of us are in trouble tonight. We're facing difficulties and hardships. And Lord, we think about people, and particularly in Florida and Texas, that are that are facing tremendous trouble, Lord. And God, we just pray for them, Lord. We pray for your strength, your comfort, your protection on uh, their lives. And Lord, thank you for this opportunity I have to share what you have taught me, Lord. And God, thank you for showing me, uh, you know, what is this about? What What is next? What are you trying to do in my life? And Lord, I pray this will be of, uh, of help to everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to talk to you about is eight lessons I've learned. You say, why eight? Well, it could have been seven. It could have been nine. It could have been three. I don't, I don't know. These are the eight things that I feel like God has taught me through this uh, situation. Number one is the uncertainty of each day. The uncertainty of each day. I cannot tell you how many times I have said to our church over these many years, you know, it doesn't take much to change your life. I mean, one phone call can change your life and you'll never be the same again. I mean, one, one, uh, you know, one email, one, even one text or whatever. It, it doesn't, I mean, life is very, very fragile. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 1, boast not about tomorrow. Underline this, you do not know. You do not know what a day may bring forth. So here's the deal, okay? I'm, um, I'm, uh, privileged to be the chairman of a missions 
group called OTAN, Outreach to Asia Nationals. And we work in about 11 different closed countries like China and Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, uh, Myanmar, a bunch of these countries where traditional missions uh, can't happen. And uh, and so we're about uh, helping nationals reach nationals. And we, we train them, we, we fund them, we, we have accountability with them, and, and things like that. And uh, so I'm, uh, I know maybe you don't know the geography of that part of the country, but I'm about, I'm leaving where I'm from in Northern Virginia, D.C., and going up to Pennsylvania. And it's about a two-hour uh, trip. And so my parents have had a lot of health problems, and uh, they've had to move in with my brother and me. And uh, so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm going up there, and it's kind of it's where the Amish are, you know, uh, in that part of the uh, of the country. And I tell my wife, I said, hey, why don't why don't we just you know take mom and dad, and and we can get them out of the house a little bit. And while I'm doing the mission board stuff, you can kind of do the tourism stuff and just kind of hang out or whatever. And so we decide to do that. So we, you know, I, I worked that day at the church and we left kind of later in the evening. And so I, you know, I leave and I'm going up the road and I go up uh, the interstate, Interstate 95 runs along the East Coast there and get off of the interstate. And I've only gone about like five miles. It's about 10, 10 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden, bam. We get hit by this car. Never saw the car coming. It wasn't one of those deals where you think, oh, okay, I'm getting ready to have an accident or whatever. You know, I never knew what happened. In fact, I got knocked unconscious, and when I woke up, the first thing I thought was, you must have fallen asleep, you know? I mean, this is like many seconds going on here. And I thought, well, you really weren't that tired. So then all of a sudden, I'm realizing my parents are screaming, and there's fire and smoke and, and everything else, you know, and kind of understand what, what's going on uh, in this situation. You know, I, I, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. I, I didn't know that was, that was going to take place. I mean, you know, I just thought I was going to do something good and going to accomplish some great things and, and uh, had all these plans and all these things that were going to happen. Listen, you don't know what's going to happen. You, you do not know uh, what is going uh, to happen. And that's a lesson that God has taught me in a big way. I mean, I, I, I would always preach that, and I'm not saying I didn't, I didn't ever experience it, but never to that degree. Okay, never to the, that degree that I ever experienced that uh, in my life. A second thing God's taught me is the gift of life, the gift of life. I mean, if I showed you pictures of the car tonight, there's no reason I should be alive. I mean, I mean, if you saw that car and the condition of that car, I mean, there's no reason in the world that I should be. I, I should be dead. I should be dead. And, and, and you know what? Life is a gift. It is a gift that God gives to us. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 118, verse 24, that this is the day. This is the day, the day that the Lord has made. And we need to what? Rejoice and, and be glad in it. I mean, God has given us another day to live. And we need to understand it's a gift. Another day to live is a gift. And we shouldn't have the attitude, oh, no, it's Monday, you know. You know, thank God it's Friday. You know, how about thank God it's Monday, amen? Thank God we get to go to work tomorrow. Thank God that we get to live. Thank God that we get to uh, serve uh, the Lord. And we need to recognize that life is a gift that God has given us, and we need to make the very best uh, we can uh, out of that gift of life. A third thing God's taught me is the dangers of distracted driving. 
Okay, now it's going to get, you know, it's going to get a little touchy here now. So just stick with me here, okay? Um, I am addicted to a, being a distracted driver. Okay, let's start with me, okay? Um, and, and I, I found out, you know, a uh, th- few things about you guys up here. I was thinking, wonder, wonder, you know, I don't know if that's DC and we're all rushing around and carrying on, but, but, uh, but you, so I found out that you guys got some problems up here yourself, okay? And, uh, in fact, did you know that this summer, uh, let's see, what day was that? June 26th, they gave out 35 tickets up here, okay? To you distracted drivers, okay? You say, why are you bringing this up? Because you know what? A 19 year old young man, These were his words. I never saw the stop sign. I never saw the stop sign. Now he lived in that area. Okay. It wasn't like he was from outside the area. And, and, you know, and it wasn't, you know, they checked him for alcohol and pot and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know what he was doing? He was looking to this thing right here. Okay. And he went through a stop sign going between 70 and 80 miles an hour on a country road. Okay. And even to this day, as we were weaving back in, in here to the church tonight, I mean, I have this emotion that comes across me a lot of times when I'm on a, on a road like that, okay? I mean, I, I don't, whenever I travel a road like that, I, I think about that night. I think about what happened. And, and, and literally a distracted driver almost killed me. O- almost killed my parents. A distracted driver caused months and months and months and months of pain. Okay, still in pain because somebody wanted to look at this when they were driving a car. Okay, somebody want and listen. I, I'm addicted to this. I struggle with this big time. This is this is a real. You know, like I said, I'm learning these things. But what I've learned is the golden rule says in Matthew seven verse twelve that whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. You know, what, what do we, what do we want? We want to be safe on the road, right? Okay. I, I, I'm over here Googling again here. See what's going on up here. Okay. Uh, I know what's going on. I'll tell you about Fairfax County where I'm from. In Fairfax County, in our county, uh, last year, uh, there were 35,600 accidents. A third of them were distracted drivers. So, so over, so over 10,000 accidents. Now, our county's a million people, okay, so it's a big county. A third of the accidents were because of this right here, okay? A third of the, of the accidents. And, um, and I'm looking on here and, uh, uh, saw these statistics, uh, here that I'll just share with you real quick. In the state of Ohio, the state of Ohio, if this is true here, okay, it's on the internet, it's gotta be true, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, but if, it, but if this, but, but if this is correct, okay, uh, it, 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 it gives the statistic here, uh, there were, there were 31,231 accidents in a year, and there were 74 people that died, and there were 7,825 injuries, all from being a distracted driver. That could be eating, that could be drinking, that could be swatting a fly, that could be anything, but most of the time it's this right here, okay? And, and, and God has showed me, you know what? I mean, wow, you know, I, I can really mess somebody up. I mean, I could kill somebody, you know, so I've got to learn. Yeah, I got to just stop. You know, I just got to stop. And if it's that important, I got to pull over and and, and I got to do what I got to do. Okay. 
But this is serious, okay? And, and it's an epidemic. Most of us, at least in my area, I don't know about here, but I'm telling you in D.C., we're addicted to this thing right here, okay? We're addicted to it. <laughs> and a lot of us are, you know? A lot of us are. And um, and so God has taught me the dangers of that. I mean, the dangers of a distracted uh, driver and, and, and what can happen. And then the value of health and health care. Now, I've always been, you know, not, not always, but in recent years, I've been very uh, appreciative of, of health and health care, you know, doing the things I've done and r- books I've written and things like that. But I'm talking about a whole different level here. You know, realizing the Bible says that your body is wonderfully made, that your body is wonderfully made, and you're just appreciating the health you have, you know. I mean, because of the seatbelt, and thank God, I mean, I'm alive because of, you know, of a seatbelt and because of a, and, and I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't wear my seatbelt the way I should, okay? I'm just, confession time. We're having t- testimony time and confession time, all right? And, but my mother, we'd, we'd stopped to eat dinner and we got in the car, the thing was dinging and my mom said, would you please put the, cell- I don't want to hear that dinging, okay? And because I want to honor my mother, I make sure I put my seatbelt on, all right? And sure enough, I'm telling you, if I wouldn't have that seatbelt on, I definitely would have been dead. And the airbag and all that stuff, but because of the seatbelt and, and in particular, that's where this arm has been so messed up, okay? And I mean, I, 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 I'm in pain right now just from playing my grandchildren uh, last night and things like that. I mean, thank God for our health. You know, we, we need to be grateful for our health. And, uh, and, and yes, we're going to have pain and yes, sometimes we're going to have illness and, and things like that, but we're wonderfully made. And, and then listen, I value health professionals, those that are in the health field, field. I mean, I can, you know, I, I probably, I don't know. I probably know 500 doctors through, through God for God. I mean, I, I know lots of doctors in lots of places through, through that, but to have the more personal relationship with them through this experience. I mean, I, I, where I'm the patient, okay? I mean, I've been blessed. I mean, I mean I've never had to be in the hospital or whatever, you know? Uh, and, to, and to be more like the patient and to, and to have to deal with these people, taking care of my, my parents and, 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 and things like that. You know, we need to be thankful. You know, yes, you know, we argue and debate about health care and what kind of health care to have in our country and, and all that's good. I don't have any problem with that. But let me tell you something, no matter what, we got the best health care around right here, okay? We are blessed in this country. And do you know that in, in uh, 2 Timothy 4.11, it says, only Luke is with me? Here's Paul. It's the last book he's going to write. It's the last chapter of the last book he's going to write. 2 Timothy was the last book he wrote. Chapter 4 is the last chapter he wrote. And guess how it ends? Only Luke is with me. Who was Luke? Luke was what? A doctor. Luke was a physician. A physician. Do, do you know who wrote more of the New Testament as far as content goes? Now, Paul wrote more books of the New Testament, but if you look at the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts that Luke wrote, God used him to write those two books, content-wise, content-wise, a doctor actually wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. Man, we, we, we need to thank God for doctors. 
And we need to thank God for physicians. And we need to be grateful uh, for these people that serve us and, and, and help us. And we, we were in some an amazing place. I got taken to uh, John Hopkins. Maybe you've heard of that. Maybe you haven't out here. I don't know. Uh, but it's a big deal. Uh, my parents got taken to what's called the Baltimore Trauma Center. My, my mother got to have a $35,000 helicopter ride, which she thought was pretty cool. No, she didn't think it was cool at all. Okay. Um, and this Baltimore Trauma Center is amazing. They do unbelievable work there. I mean, they pretty much have helicopters going in and out of there constantly. They they help our wounded warriors. And, and I mean, it's amazing what they do uh, in that place. We are blessed, folks. We are blessed in this country. And we we need to be thankful uh, for these uh, people that, that help us. And then number five on the back, I have learned the struggle of bitterness. The struggle of bitterness. Bitterness, in my humble opinion, is like the number one sin in the church. Alright? Now I personally believe it's the number one sin that us pastors struggle with. I, I believe this. I actually wrote a book called The Healthy Renegade Pastor. And I did a whole chat. I, I, I mean, I think it's probably the only book written for pastors ever that has a chapter on bitterness. This is written to pastors because I believe it's the number one thing we struggle with because it's not easy being a pastor. You might think it is, but we work with people and we work with volunteers and we work with all kinds of people and it can get kind of tough sometimes. Just, just, you just got to trust me on that one. Okay. And, <laughs> and, uh, so I pray, you know, what I'm getting at is I write about bitterness. I preach about bitterness, but let me tell you something. I've struggled with bitterness more the last Nine, ten months than I've ever in my life, okay? The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 15, looking carefully, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Bitterness is falling short of the grace of God. We want God's grace in our lives. You know, when we sin, we want, oh, God, please forgive me. I need your grace, you know? But then somebody does something to us and we don't extend the same grace to them. We, we don't offer forgiveness to them. We're falling short of God's grace in our lives. God doesn't want grace just to be a one-way street. He wants us to be a, a recipient of his grace, but he, then he wants us to share his grace uh, with others. And the Bible says, lest any root of bitterness. I've got to tell you, I've struggled with the root of bitterness in this situation. Springing up will cause what? Trouble. Bitterness will trouble you spiritually. The Bible says when you get bitter, you make place for the devil. So that you say, devil, take that part in my heart. I mean, you got the green light. Come on in, you know. It will affect you emotionally. Most, uh, not all, but a lot of depression is simply bitterness, not forgiving people. It will, it will affect you mentally. It will trouble you mentally when you get bitter towards somebody. I mean, I cannot tell you. I think a lot about that 19-year-old young man, you know. And I think, well, you know, what, what, how he's doing. I mean, as far as I know, he was fine and went on with his life, you know. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't gone through everything that we've gone through, you know. And sometimes I think about him. You know, I struggle with that, okay. I struggle with that. Uh, you know, it will affect you physically. Go, go Google bitterness and health. It will scare you what will come up. Just go, 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 go look that up. Health problems because of bitterness. It'll blow your mind, okay? I have struggled, okay? I have struggled 
with this, this young man, okay? And, uh, you know, I'll probably never meet him in my life or whatever, but I've learned the struggle like never before. And, and I need God to constantly give me grace to extend, okay? And, and we're going to go through things in life, and people are going to do things to us. And we have to be willing uh, to forgive, okay? We have to be willing uh, to forgive. And the hardest thing for me was messing with my parents, okay? You can... You know, do what you want to to me, okay? I mean, I'm kind of used to it, to be honest with you, you know? I can, I can, I'm a big boy. I can handle it, okay? But you start messing with my mom and dad, you know, you got some issues here, whatever. And to see all that my parents have gone through and are still going through, it's been really hard, you know? It's been really hard. And so God's teaching me the struggle bitterness. Is he teaching you that? He probably is, okay? And then number six, the blessing of relationships, you know, I love Philippians 1-3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Just the blessing of relationships. Just, I'm so thankful for my family, you know. And, uh, and uh, we've got, a, you know, my family is my mom and dad. And they had two children, two sons. And, uh, and so my brother and I are close in a certain way. Uh, he, for example, he's also a pastor. So we're kind of close in that sense. Uh, but we also were eight years apart. So we really never, you know, we grew up with the same parents and really never in the same stage of life. So, you know, so when I was, you know, playing with G.I. Joe or whatever, he was out, you know, trying to be G.I. Joe or whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we just never, you know, so we, di- we didn't have this like child. We were basically like an only child in a lot of ways. Or, or I, really, I, I have a lot of characteristics of firstborn because, because, you know, because it was such a wide span between us, eight years. But boy, God has really used this to bring us together because we've had to partner together in caring for mom and dad, you know, and they actually stay a lot with him, a little more with him because his life is simpler. But then they spend time at our house, too, and they've had to sell their house and uh, and move in uh, with us and things like that. But it's really brought our family together in a really close fashion. And, you know, when tragedy comes to a family, it usually works one or two ways. It will either bring you together or break you apart, okay? I've seen that so many times as a pastor. When tragedy hits a family, it will either bring you together or break you apart. And so you have to really work hard, you know, because honestly, my brother and I don't always agree. He and I are very different in the way we approach things. And so trying to make these mutual decisions to help our parents, I mean, we it's, it's been difficult. You know, it's been, at times it's been hard, you know. But overall, God has just helped us so much. The blessing of my church family. I mean, God has been so good to me. Uh, at our church and the support that we've received, uh, in, in our church. And, and to believe it or not, the blessing of Facebook. You know, I know Facebook can be bad. I know you can waste a lot of time and a lot of junk on there. I mean, do I really need to know what the boy I went to first grade with, what he had for dinner last night? Probably not. Okay. I'll probably somehow make it through my life or whatever. But I'll tell you, God has really used Facebook to encourage me and to help me. Uh, and, 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 and people that have, have supported, uh, me in that fashion. But just thank God for relationships, you know. Don't be afraid to let people help you, uh, when you go through a tough time. And then that leads to number seven, the power of intercessory prayer. The power of intercessory prayer. God has showed me the power of prayer. 
And, and, and the Bible says in James 5.16 that we need to uh, pray uh, for healing. We need to pray for one another. Uh, pray that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man uh, avails uh, much. And honestly, thousands and thousands of people okay, have prayed for me, prayed for our family. I, I know for sure that er, on every continent, people have prayed for us except Antarctica. If you know anybody on Antarctica that would say a prayer so I can say every continent, that would be great or whatever, okay? But as far as I know, nobody on Antarctica prayed for us. But every other continent, I, I guarantee you, uh, I can tell you people that have, have prayed uh, for us and, and have prayed uh, for healing and, and prayed that God would work in our lives. We need to pray for one another. We need, we, it, you know, it, you know, it really means so much when we really pray. Not just say we're going to pray. I mean, how many times do we say, I'm going to pray for you? And you don't pray for them. You know, what I've learned, I, I pray for people like on the spot. Cause I mean, cause a lot of times I honestly, I'll say, I'm going to pray for you and I, I forget, you know? So I say, why don't we, you know, why not pray on the phone? You know, you, God will let you pray on the phone. I don't know if you know that or not. Okay, you can actually pray on the telephone. You know, I do it several times every day. You know, with people, just we got to pray for each other. We got to pray for each other. It's meant so much to me uh, for us to pray, uh, to know that people are, are praying and God is working and God is moving. And, and then lastly, the reality of spiritual warfare. The reality of spiritual warfare. You see, I believe at the bottom line of all this is spiritual warfare. That's what I believe. I really believe. Now, listen, I, I don't say, I rarely say God told me anything. Okay, when I first started pastoring, you know, I was a young pastor. I get up every, every other Sunday. God told me this or whatever. I found out God did a whole lot of stupid things, you know. <laughs> it really wasn't God at all. It was just, it just me. So I'm very careful when I say something like, you know, God told me or whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't say I don't ever say that, but I'm very, you got to be careful when you say something like that. That's a pretty strong statement, okay? But I made a statement, the devil tried to kill me. The devil tried to kill me. You say, why do you believe that? Well, I'll tell you, okay? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It, re it really wasn't a 19-year-old young man, okay? But rather, the war that we're in is with principalities and, and its powers, and it's the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts, spiritual hosts of wickedness in, in the heavenly places, and we're in a spiritual battle. We really are. And, 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 and part of the reason I say this is, um, I, I did a, an afterlife series in our church and, uh, talking about the afterlife and what's going to happen, heaven and hell and, and, uh, and a lot of that. And I got up in front of our church at least twice and I said, folks, we got to get ready here. Okay. The enemy is not going to be pleased that we're talking about this stuff. The enemy is not going to be pleased that we're talking about eternity and we're talking about eternal things and we're exposing his devices and we're exposing uh, hell. And, and we've got to be ready for spiritual warfare. Because I, I just felt like some, something's going to happen here, okay? Something's going to happen. And I really, really believe that I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, Satan was ready to knock me out of here, okay? I really believe that with all my heart. And, and we got to realize, you know, spiritual warfare is real, okay? 
It's real that goes on. And we need to understand that and we need to realize that uh, in our lives, that we're in a war, folks, okay? We're in a war. And we, we got to put on that armor of God and we have to stand for the Lord and, 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 and do what he uh, would have us uh, to do. So tonight I'm just trying to share with you some things God has said to me, but here's the big thing. Don't ask why. It's okay to ask why. I'm not saying don't ask why, but you know what? You may never know why. I mean, ultimately I don't know why, but this has been the what now for me. Okay, what, what's this all about? Okay, what, what, I mean, the God has a reason. God has a purpose. And these are some lessons God is teaching. That's a horrible title up there. I hope you, please scratch that out. As you can tell tonight, I haven't learned these things. I'm learning. Okay, can you hear it? And when I speak, I'm a very transparent speaker. Okay, so I, if I'm struggling with something, you're probably going to know about it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm learning to forgive this guy. I'm learning. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to this thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I hope you don't look over my shoulder. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm learning these things. They're not learned at all, but God, these are the things God is trying to teach me. And I don't know what you're going through tonight. Okay. I don't know what you're going through uh, tonight. I got my, I've got my wife's got a lot of family in Florida, and uh, they set up a that way. They already had a, like a, a tech. It's a big family, eight kids, and they had this. They always had this texting thing going on for their family, but man, with this storm coming up, uh, you know, and it made me sad. Coming over here it just hit me. The last text was at nine forty nine this morning. Before that, it was like you know, text, 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 text. So the power must have went out or whatever. But, uh, but this, the, the one sister just talked about the lessons that they're learning even in this hurricane. Th- th- things that God is, is showing them. God's trying to teach you something right now, okay? And it might be a car accident. I don't know what it is, okay? But learn what God wants you to learn. Yes, ask why. That's okay. But if you don't get an answer, that's pretty normal. I've, I've learned the answer to why is pretty silent most of the time. But if you'll ask what's this all about or what's now, what am, what am I supposed to do now? God's going to open up heaven and he's going to teach you what he wants you to teach you.